Welcome to the Scottish Rugby Podcast. It is myself, John Anderson, at the helm as per the usual at the moment. Uh, I'm joined by uh, my, my my favourite guests. Uh, I've got Ian Hay. Ian, welcome. How's it going? How's it going? I'm going, I'm going great. How are you going? I'm going all right. You're going all right. Good man, right? We'll, we'll, good we'll, we'll depart from this Glaswegian chat and we'll come over to the classy duo themselves. We've also got Johnny McGinty with us. Good evening, Johnny. You all right, Nibert? <laughs> and uh, to finish this off here, oh, that's a terrible scene. Uh, we've got Craig Manson. Craig, how the hell are you? What's up, Nibs? Oh, I feel like, I think when we get to the Patreons bit, I can tell you the... Um... The way that I was met at the door by a certain young gentleman in Castle Milk when I was delivering a pizza a couple of weeks ago. And I, did, I, could, I couldn't I say it on the TG on version. Yeah, it was quite <laughs> spectacular. Yeah, so what 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 better segue than to yes, you've you've found us on the Freeview channels. Uh, if that's not YouTube. a reason to pay your money, what is exactly Ian is gonna tell us all about a young man from Castle Milk. Get your three pounds a month in there ASAP. Come over to patreon.com slash Scottish Rugby Podcast, where you can get exclusive content and uh, get access to our exclusive hands in the ruck section. Whereas Ian says we go a little bit less PG, more Rory Hughes. Uh, we go a bit Rory Hughes. <laughs> <laughs> Was it actually Rory Hughes you were delivering to? <laughs> Possibly some. Possibly son, come to the Patreon uh, special and find out if if Ian was in the fact the Patreon Jeremy Kyle Deary <laughs> was Ian smashed over the head by a buckfast bottle by Rory Hughes. You will find out on Patreon tonight. Uh, yeah, so the, um, um, guitar player from a band we toured with once said to me, "Do you think I'm a mink because I'm fake Carl Mulk?" And I was like, "No, that's not the reason. No." <laughs> Yeah, we, we, we tend not to judge people on their, their uh, locations. It's more it's actions. Like like Batman once said, it's your actions that define you. So uh, yes. Uh, but it, it didn't do it in the voice. <laughs> 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 well, 
Well, did Rory Hughes do it in the voice, Ian? That's what we really all want to find out. <laughs> uh, for those Dude, of you listening, the question? Uh, well, that uh, for those of you listening in audio, Ian has just pulled a face. <laughs> uh, yeah, so head over to patreon.com slash Scottish Rugby Podcast and get yourself signed up. Um, you can also head over to the Scottish Rugby blog where you'll get lots of cool content and uh, we've got the URC coming back this week so our, our writers will be picking that up and there's been a few few things over the, the autumn. Johnny, I love you've just worded that like cool content and the URC. <laughs> <laughs> Well, as you know, I've been fighting the good fight on the URC this evening, so uh, I've got very excited on Twitter and Facebook and been battling with some of our South African brothers, which has been great so unlike fun. You. I know, right? I'm, I'm, I, yeah, I never do this. Well, I mean, who'd have thought that Anderson and South African rugby fans could be such a, a hotbed of confrontation? <laughs> I know, right? Such know. shy retiring types all around. Honestly, they, they, and is Mark and Muscotty been DMing you yet? Not yet. No, we're getting <laughs> we're getting there. We're getting there. We're not far off. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm I'm such a shy boy that it is surprising. They they clearly just don't know me. That's all it is. So I might do a Disney song to to uh, enlighten them, but uh, and that Disney song will have Razzie all over it. But uh, yeah, so. We're not here to talk about South African rugby fans. No, no, we are here to talk about the uh, the Autumn uh, Nation series and the final fixture for Scotland in what feels like a series that's lasted about 14 years. Obviously, there's fixtures this weekend as well. I didn't realise you could go either side of the window to get um, get your allotted fourth test, but apparently you can. Or in Australia's case, we're going to play five because they're clearly just in a jolly. Um, Double windows. Bay windows. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're, they're, it's like you know those big hussies you get, the, the big fancy hussies with the posh windows, and you've got like the two of them. That's what Australia went for. You've got panoramic sunroof. <laughs> Dave Rennie's panoramic sunroof. Uh, yeah, so Scotland played Argentina at the weekend. Uh, myself, Johnny, Craig were there. We, we 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 know that because we were in person. We said hello. Um, we drank some beer. It was good. Um, I'll come to you first, Johnny. Um, atmosphere at Murrayfield, decent, decent crowd, decent sellout. Um, game didn't exactly start very well, but Scotland, Scotland were okay. Yeah, um, and and got okay quickly enough that I think that the atmosphere didn't dip to the the levels that it kind of has at times the last wee while. It was quite enjoyable for almost the whole day, so. And no Mexican wave. No Mexican wave. Craig, were you delighted about this? You were mentioning it beforehand. Yes, um, uh, I had to. I had a standby pint of um, of uh, my produce sitting ready to throw for anyone that had a Mexican wave thought. But uh, that was uh, sorry. When you say your that. produce, do you mean like <laughs> you were at a festival? <laughs> yes, you want me like to Yeah, so so for those of you that don't know, Craig, Craig has a little bit of a bee in his bonnet regarding people going to the toilet at uh, the rugby stadium. Uh, Johnny suggested they may have a clicker uh, and 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 shout kind of baseball style. Yeah, honestly, if you're sitting beside, it's like sitting beside a baseball umpire. Every time someone gets up, he goes, "That's one." <laughs> 
I, I, went, I went to the I, toilet I, before the game started and got in trouble for it. I deliberately geez. went five minutes before the game started so I wouldn't upset him and he still got it. He made us all sit down and then get all back up again so that he could go to the toilet. It was a <coughs> performance. <laughs> I'm a showman, Craig. Well, spe- speaking there, of showman, there, there is no better place to start on the, this weekend's game than Finn Russell himself, Ian. Um, pulling out the full Finn Russell repertoire, um, had a hand in all eight tries that Scotland scored. Um, where do we start? Um, I suppose at the start, uh, yeah, it was, I mean, it was the Finn Russell show, wasn't it? It was everything that you hoped to see from him. Obviously, with Argentina going down to 14 men, it just means there's more space for him to to exploit and use all his bag of tricks. And there was every single one, wasn't there? There was the pump fake, there was the running into space. You know, he would do that, find the outside shoulder, then flip from either hand, uh, and then, of course, towards the end, there was the, the, the poke through for a try. Um, yeah, it was consummate fitness and a complete mockery of the suggestion that he's not uh, he top three standoffs we had at the time. Well, jo- Johnny Johnny looks like he's eating, so I'll come to Craig with this one. Uh, is it indeed genius motivation from Townsend to get Finsanity uh, up and running? I see upstairs, upstairs for thinking, downstairs for dancing. That's for sure. That's uh, that's what Townsend has been thinking. He thought, you know, <laughs> uh, here's here's all of us thinking. Uh, here's all of us thinking he's mad. He's 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 out. Townsend out. It's terrible. It's awful. And actually, he was just motivating Finn Russell to be the the best Finn Russell possible. It's amazing. Okay, you can take your SRU hat off now, Craig. And what do you really think? <laughs> I think Finn was just, uh, well, I can't say exactly what he was saying uh, uh, to Tooney um, uh, until the patron comes on. But uh, as far as I'm concerned, I'm sure he was just saying to Tooney that uh, maybe he had made a mistake in letting him uh, stay in France and look what I can do, Dad. Look what I can do. (laughs) Can you see me, Daddy? Can you see me? That's exactly what he was thinking. Yeah. I mean, Johnny, it doesn't... It doesn't help Gregor's case, really, does it? It's one of those awkward situations where you've got... It's a results-driven business, and ultimately Scotland have got a very good result. But Finn Russell absolutely tearing trees up. And he'd done the same against the All Blacks as well. He was very, very, very good against the All Blacks. Him coming back in and then almost having that, that, that press conference after of... Finn's now the man in charge. Finn was always the man in charge. Come on, guys, seriously. Yeah. And, and I might have bought the it's a motivational ploy from Tooney if this was a one-off. If he hadn't left Adam Hastings out of the Six Nations for basically absolutely no reason, if he hadn't sent Finn home for having an extra beer for basically absolutely no reason, if he hadn't shown himself to have a consistent and horrendous track record of just woeful man management, I might accept it but it's happened too much too often for me to think that this is his like grand plan i think he's just not very good at management <laughs> essentially he's not very good at his job <laughs> um, craig mike blair said some interesting things after the game as well 
Uh, Mike Blair's response to to the Finn Russell show was to remind everyone that Blair Kinghorn uh, had the most assists in the Northern Hemisphere last year, which seemed a bit silly considering nobody was talking about Blair Kinghorn. Um, like, why? Does, uh, why were they not talking about Blair Kinghorn? He created. I think that's try. probably what Mike Blair was thinking, to be honest. He, he, well, he exactly. Last try. He was immediately when he came on, he created a try. Of course, he's. The, of course, why are we not talking? I about think him? there's a difference between creating a try and passing to a person to score a try. Like, yes, we have and to he get past it. It was wonderful. <laughs> he did is Blair is Blair going to double down on the Kool Aid? Is if, when Mike Blair gets the Scotland gig next year, should we expect BK Ten to be front and centre? There's there's no way at the moment at this moment in time that you're going to be putting nobody uh, anyone apart from Finn Russell in at ten um, for every uh, every game start. Um, what was interesting to see was Finn um, uh, is looking far more rounded. Than I ever thought he 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 would. Um, he's now starting to take it to the line as well, and 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 doing doing slightly similar things to Blair Kinghorn as well, where he's coming through and and, and getting the hands through and putting the ball around the back of players, etc. So I think I'm not saying anything about about Blair and, and Finn's reacting to Blair. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that he's he, you know he's he's now for me it looks like he's he's. Well, when he's engaged Finn correctly, um, he's doing everything that we expect him to do and more. Um, but uh, I think, um, as I've said before many, many times, um, Blair Kinghorn is a phenomenal 10 for Edinburgh. He's, he's he, he does a great job for us and he works incredibly well within Mike Blair's setup and what he, um, what he wants to do within the Edinburgh team. Um, when it's when Blair Kinghorn's brought into a team and plays the way of Mike Blair, he plays incredibly well. When he goes into a team and plays the way that he's told by Gregor Townsend, then that's a different story. So I think it's it's down to coaching. Um, and, and I'm sure that's what Mike Blair was probably starting to talk about. And he's also given a little bit of backup to his, to his, to his player that has been, you know, has been absolutely panned by every single Scotland fan on that's that's got access to a keyboard um, over the last uh, last four weeks, and I think it's uh, I think he's standing up for his player, which um, I agree with you. Ian, I, I was going to pick up a point from Craig there, and Hamish has actually done it in the chat as well. Has <coughs> has always done that for Racing. So I, I think when Finn, Finn Russell broke through at Glasgow, he used to, he did take the ball to the line. Um, Certainly, when he moved to France, it became a much bigger fixture. And I, actually, for me, what was evident the last two games, it felt like Finn Russell was being allowed to play like Finn Russell in that Scotland team. He was. It didn't necessarily seem like he was shackled by the 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 ghosts of Townsend past. Yeah, sort of. We must kick everything for territory. Um, I mean, the big thing. I think with Russell, like when he goes to the line, he doesn't have he's not the fastest man in the world, is he? He's not Kinghorn. You know, if if you could put Kinghorn's pace into Finn Russell, you would have like the most phenomenally destructive rugby player the world has ever seen. <laughs> um but you know, Russell's just that it's like Sedan, you know, he's he's that second of thought faster. So he finds that gap and he gets into that gap and he, he plays off it. Um and when you've got a, a pack like Racing who are able to get you onto the the front foot, it just allows him to either sit deep or go into 
you know, play flat of the line. And he's adept at both of them because he is such a well-rounded player. Um, and, you know, the Maverick tag, I saw somebody commented, like it was on a rugby dump uh, Facebook thing. And he said, you know, we need to throw out this Maverick tag. And we've been saying this for a while. You know, yes, he will throw the riskier pass than anyone else in World War B because he knows he has the skill to be able to execute that. Um, you know, he won't always do it. He he weighs up the options. And even sometimes if he goes, all right, I've only got a 30% chance of this, but I'm me. <laughs> you know, I can do this. <laughs> 30%. It's, what, it's like that kicking graphic, isn't it? 30% chance yeah. of all kickers, 80% chance of Russell. Yeah, or the, the, you know, the, the expected scrum half chart and you saw George yeah. Horn's tries. That's ah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the Finn Russell chance of making that ridiculous pass. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Six Nations didn't go particularly well for him uh, or for the team in general. Uh, possibly some Lions fatigue, but he's looked back on form, which is why it was so ridiculous that he was told he wasn't getting picked yeah. because of form. And, you know, I mean, you just look at the two games. I mean, defences are terrified of him. They, just, they, they don't know if they want to rush him or drift or what. They just they don't know what to do. And it's not because he doesn't know what he's going to do. He knows. Well, he, he's got eight options at a time, doesn't he? And he knows he can pull them off. It's just like, they're like, right, what can we second do, guess to try and stop him? And it's allowed to Pilotto, who obviously I've been quite critical of, the fact he's playing 12 when he's not a 12. But, I mean, it's just... I mean, obviously they've played together a couple of times, six stations. But what it's allowed to Pilotto to do is just think about his run. He doesn't have to worry about so like he picks a run and Finn Russell will find him. Johnny, you were going to come in there? Uh, yeah, well, I was going to say that that I kind of have to agree with what Hamish is saying in the comments about he he has been better and he's been a more rounded player since he went to Racing. Um, and as much as I love Glasgow, I have said this a few times. I think it was true of Johnny Gray when he went to Exeter as well. Quite a few of, of Scotland's players have left the Scottish pro teams, yeah. gone to more competitive leagues with better players around them and have got better because they're then able to work on other stuff because they don't have to do this, the, the level of work that they have to do to keep the Scottish teams competitive. Like Johnny Gray's tackle completion was ludicrous at Glasgow. Um, my favourite Kevin Miller stat ever is that more people walked on the moon than evaded the tackle from Johnny Gray in, in the Pro 14. But all he ever did was tackle, 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 tackle because he was carrying the weight of that for the entire Glasgow team. When he went to Exeter, he's surrounded by, if we're being perfectly honest, as a team that won the Premiership of the European Cup, he was surrounded by better players. He wasn't relied on to do that as much. He was able to work on other things. I think the same's happened with Finn. And, you know, the, the more that more Scottish players go to that sort of different atmosphere, different setup, the better they seem to get. Anyone, anyone who does that, who goes away to the Premier or the Top 14, comes back being able to work in different areas of their game because they're not carrying the weight so much as they are in the pro teams in the URC. It's what we've always said, Craig, isn't it, about actually the Lions tours as well and seeing Scotland get represented in Lions tours, surely... Surely that has an impact on just seeing better players and seeing how people prepare. Because we know the guys talk to each other in these camps. Obviously they do. Uh, so do you, do, you, do you agree with that sentiment? 
Sorry, uh, my my uh, broadband's playing up there. Can you ask the question again? I missed yeah, the of course. Yeah, so so player, players, Johnny's saying players going to better clubs, but also we've we've said that about the Lions as well. And Scotland having decent representation in the Lions, surely. Do you think Finn Russell and others have benefited from that? It's it's a difficult one because you need to you need to look at um, people like Hugh Jones and things like that that that, that have gone away and haven't. Maybe not got the chance, probably, um, to to shine at a club. Um, he did okay at um, at, at Harlequins, but uh, you know he he, um, he he was playing out of position and things like that as well at Harlequins. So it was a little bit different, I suppose. But I certainly, you know, you look at Matt Scott. Matt Scott was on fire when he left Edinburgh, um, and he has been well. He's a Premiership winner now, and he's a and he and he's played very very well for Leicester. Um, Hastings has blossomed down at um, down at Gloucester. He's done incredibly well. What I'm more worried about is um, I, I I am concerned that Scotland's becoming more and more of a closed shop, um, and 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 we've got all you know we're bringing in players from other areas to play in our teams, but. Are we dulling them down? And that's that's, that's a that's a quite a, an interesting question, I suppose. Um, if I see so myself, um, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I think yeah, I, I would definitely agree with the, the opening opening up players' eyes um, and seeing. But you know, it depends on the player, I guess. You know, it depends well, on the player. Well, speaking of dulling down and opening players' eyes, uh, shall we come on to the big talking point of the first half, Johnny? Uh, red card for Argentina. Um, so I think uh, when you said speaking of dulling down, you were going to refer to me straight away. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Not at all, Ian. Not at all. Um, yeah, I mean, so it's been funny, hasn't it, actually, the debate online after the red card, which... I mean, I'd be interested to get your take on the red card. I think I know where you stand on it, but um, it's been interesting hearing the debate afterwards. And there's definitely two camps of player safety and spectacle. And I know which was which camp you're in, Johnny. But uh, first of all, <laughs> talk talk me through the red card. What what, what was your views? Uh, from where we were sitting, it was about a stick on a red card as you get. You, you come from that sort of distance and swing an arm and, and you make contact with someone's head. I'm sorry, but that's a red card all day long. And we've said this until we're blue in the face. The spectacle is secondary to people being able to uh, pick their kids up and recognise them in 15 years. Like, if, if, you, if you want to, A, have players who are able to live out their lives and B, have a sport that exists without being litigated into oblivion, then if someone swings an arm into somebody's head with a run-up, you send them off. That's as simple as it gets. But Ian, of course, there was the shouts for it. <coughs> it ruined the game because it was so early on, so it should have been an orange card, or it was a bicep that hit them in the face. See, now, I've seen some people say Scotland fans weren't uh, complaining about biceps to the head when Glenn Young got a yellow card. Most of us said that was a red. You know, guess, yeah. I didn't, no, I didn't see many Scotland fans saying that it was the, you know, I think we all said, all right, Glenn Young got very, very lucky there. Yep. Um, I think with the Kramer one, it is completely needless. Richie is in no, <clears throat> no way is he going to be able to regain balance 
and even try and go for the jackal before the rocks formed because other people like well Kramer's coming in he can go and form guard um, and he just he flies in and smacks him with his arm right in his face and you know exactly what's going to happen there I mean the only surprise was it was Neef Lavanini Lavanini was probably five yards back like God oh, you but he's got <laughs> hits on his wheel we were just sitting here together and it was so funny because like, you know, like with, off, off went Kramer and then off went the, the, the next, the, the other player for 10 minutes and then and, and went, oh my god, there's been two, there's a red and a yellow card and Lavanini's not gone off and Johnny goes, there's still time yet, 20 <laughs> seconds later, boom, off you go Lavanini. Off you go, say. But uh, you know, for anyone that says that spectacle was affected by uh, um, by the red card, I'm sorry. Argentina scored a try when they had twelve men on the field. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, y- you need to settle down a little bit. You know, because Argentina were dangerous all the way through that game, um, and and Scotland allowed them to be dangerous all the way through See. that game. So Maybe if they hadn't acted careful. so mental all the way through, yeah, <laughs> it could have been a game. I, um, at fourteen, yeah. at, with fourteen, it was still a game, and then they went, "All right, Another let's just rock. get our couple of lads in the minute, yeah. open up all that space for Finn Russell. What's he going to do? No, nothing, because they've only got twelve men. So we'll go and try and butcher a three-on-one with Chris Harris. Scotland and they're attacking, but the the red card was a really funny one uh, in terms of like, so we were like directly kind of behind it if you will so Jamie Ritchie was Jamie Ritchie's backside was to us and the play moved really fast on for it I know it was a dream it was absolutely fantastic but um but the play moved on and like the guys around us in the stand I think we must have had a few of the just let the boys play brigade because as soon as the hit you could hear the hit from where we were and I went they're going to come back and look at that that's a red card and they're like, Why, what's a red card? There's nothing there, nothing in it. It's just cleared them out. Blah, blah, blah. And it comes up on the big screen. And the boy's like, I mean, ah, he's cleared them out a wee bit high. It's just a yellow. It's like, no, he's smashed them in the face. He's taken an opportunity. It looked to me like Kramer's eyed him up and went, here's an opportunity. Get a shot in on my opposite man, the Scotland captain. Let's go and get a shot in on him. And he's just come in and absolutely banjoed him. And... Like for a professional rugby player to think you get away with that in this day and age is utterly madness. However, the refereeing this tournament has allowed people to think that again, and this is back to where we are with world rugby's insane directives. Is um is one of Jamie Ritchie's greatest plus points the fact that he's got a face that you really want to smash with your arm? <laughs> because that's that's twice now that someone's gone, I've got to smash his face and got a red card. And, and the thing is that Jamie just goes, brilliant, do it. Aye, bring it on. Aye, I mean, <laughs> smash keep, me in the face, let's see what happens. Well, go, for, go for this side, this is my good side with the metal plate in it. I was going to say, yeah, I think his cheap one's still made of plate and metal, isn't it? Yeah, honestly. Um, but, you know, it did change the game. Argentina, Argentina were dangerous to a certain extent, but I think we all came away from the game in a, in a sort of strange way, thinking, and I don't know if it's the positivity of Scotland cutting loose and attacking relatively well at times, and we'll come on to that in a second, but we all kind of came away from the game 
to Craig, thinking Scotland would have won even if they hadn't went down to 14 slash 13 slash 12? Um, I think so. Um, I, I think I think Finn Russell on Saturday was going to drag a win out of us completely, whether he had to do it himself or whether he engaged everyone else. I think he was on a mission on on on, on Saturday. The issue I have, and 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 what I was more disappointed in, if I'm going to if I'm going to pour pour some you know disappointment on the Scotland team, Let's was the that. fact. Yeah, was the fact that you know they decided that right? Okay, there's only two, there's twelve men on the field. I, I'm going to win this for the Scotland team. Yeah. No, no, it's going to be me that's going to win it for the Scotland team. And and if they'd stuck to their 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 game plan and actually calmed down and put the ball through the hands on a regular basis, we would have absolutely pummeled them. Um, and I just find it very, very. Di- I find it really difficult when when teams get to that point where they go, "Oh, but they're doing it twelve men. I'm going to score a try. No, no, I'm going to score the try," and it just it backfires completely. You know? Yeah, I mean, Ian, Ian Scotland definitely deserved to concede a try uh, when the when Argentina were down to twelve um, and whisper it. Jack Dempsey completely at fault for the Argentina try with his Hollywood nonsense. Yeah. Like, like Craig Friend, absolutely no need for that. It's one of these few times where the, that regularly peddled out phrase, trust the process, uh, comes into play. You know, you take your time because there's going to be space eventually. Um, there was no need for Dempsey to throw that Hollywood pass. That was like Dave Rennie's first season at Glasgow. Um, we well, see, that's the thing about Dempsey. He's a great, great club player, but I don't think he's an international nine. An international nine, no. I. <laughs> Sorry, eight. I, I, don't, I don't think he's an international nine that, either, man. That was your big moment and you blew it. I, I was like, kick on trying to fire a miss pass there. You absolutely blew it, mate. Johnny in the face. I mean, I think it's 25. So, so the, only thing that, the only thing in mind Whoa! is... Whoa! Ian, proceed. Order. 25 caps for the Wallabies in a you know back row, which can, includes... Know, Hooper and Pocock, maybe yeah, suggest otherwise. And yeah, also, some wallabies at that time. Well, hang on, did was uh, Schumann, did he not take a wee while to get up to speed? Now look at him. You know, Some would argue um, still is. Yeah, now look at him yeah. throwing himself straight over tackles. Yeah. <laughs> 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 He's really, really nilly. Um, no, like that was, he wasn't tremendous. No, I don't think. Um, there was a couple of things, but there was a couple of things where he just did that. Thing that we've all seen him do at Glasgow is put the heat down and just make meters leg drive through people. Yeah, yeah. Um, but aye, I mean that that was the uh, that was the town's end. Play the fastest rugby in the world, offload everything, go mental kind of attitude, and it it was completely unnecessary. It was beautifully finished by Argentina, you have to say, but also I mean it was such a beautifully Scottish thing that it's like right, how can we absolutely butcher? <laughs> being three men up, you know, how can we screw this up yeah. and proper? Why don't but, we, well, we just wait till the 80th minute and then give them the ball? Do this, yeah. <laughs> um, it was spectacularly Scottish, but uh, we got away with it. Um, it's you know, he'll learn from that. <laughs> we, we go again. He's such Aww. a young lad, too. You know, he's he's such a young lad that he needs to mature a little bit. And so, right, so yeah. Jack Dempsey did screw the pooch a wee bit with regards to that one. However, I do wonder. I was thinking about it afterwards that number eight's under Townsend. Number eight's ten not to be very good. Like 
other like Matt Fagerson has been probably <clears throat> the consistent eight in the Scotland jersey over the last while. And even then, Scotland fans don't think he's very good. Now, we all think he's very good. Like, I'm not not badging us in that, apart from idiot features in the corner there. <laughs> Aye, waving his hand. the corner, you moron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's very much small. I, I, <laughs> I think you know exactly which corner I was talking about, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Hayes. <laughs> I was talking about the, the guy in the corner from Edinburgh who was waving his hands about, uh, right? So just, How can but, anyone seriously... Like, I think somebody got a bit hyperbolic. I can't remember who it was. Somebody on Twitter said that Fagerson is in like the top three number eights in the world, which is... That's bizarre. Like, Conan, Aldrich, Savea, Falato, Doris, like, maybe top ten. But Fagerson has proven himself to be international class. Yeah, And I think he actually wins... He, even though he, I thought he played fine at six, once he moved to eight, I thought he actually got involved more and made um, more meters. Eight's uh, his position. Eight's his position. He's, he's not naturally a six or a seven. You know, he's a, he's he's he's, a, he's eight all day long. Well, I've seen this kind know? of weird. There has been this switch now to. I mean, where's your blind side? You you get your some sixes who are the five six Courtney Laws, the Toji blend, but then you also yeah. get your smaller eight sixes, sort of like standard. <clears throat> Yeah. Or uh, Super Six Ryan Sweeney, or or now Fagerson. Um, so you just mentioned Ryan Sweeney in the same <laughs> same was, breath yeah. as CJ Stander and Matt Fagerson. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we saw. That. I'm sure he'll be delighted about that. Yes. Watch, watch the space. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a nuggety wee sexy. Uh, yeah, I, th- I, th- I think Sam it's Simmons as well. I think he's played six couple yeah, times. Yeah, yeah, well. makes sense as well. Yeah. I, th- I think it's fair to say, like. Right, we're obviously hammering a wee bit on Jack Dempsey here, and you know, I, I think it's justified. I don't necessarily think. I don't. It's a love affair over, John. It's no, not at all. Over, not at all. I don't think he was. I don't think he was great at the weekend. John's fine. He's got his ten on now. I don't think he was great at the weekend, but I think he he has shown enough over this open series that he is a very valuable addition to the Scottish uh, team. And again, it's that unseen work that Ian's mentioned. Those those he didn't get the yards. That we don't necessarily uh, we we need that we need that in our back row. So particularly if Hamish Watson's decided he's you know not going to be very good anymore, um, and we don't have any you know oh bold I know Ian's prone faces oh. at me. Oh, that's you like, can't, that's can't like, say that. You can't say that. I think you'll find I have just said that. Deal, boys. Oh, my word. Mish has, not, Mish has never come back from South Africa. Can, can, I think John could be hanged for treason for that. <laughs> it's like, there's going to be some sort of monument that you walk, in Glasgow that you walk past and spit on, like in like the heart of Midlothian. That's, that's I built just, by I John Anderson. This. The short-term memory of John saying that like Jack Dempsey's the answer if there's no mish anymore, like Rory Darge isn't going to come back in three months and instantly slot right in anyway. I, I think what I said was Dempsey's the answer just now to bring in a good back row, but Darge is 100% coming into that back row and will be taking Mish's place, whether Mish likes it or not. Mish could well be finding himself on the, the, the very twilight of his Scotland career. And then Tom Gordon's going to be hiding behind the door, waiting to scare Rory Darge. <laughs> oh, come on. Tom Gordon's not going anywhere from that near Scotland again. Tom Gordon's going to hide behind the door, by the way. There's a point coming where... There's a 
point coming where Duhan's just going to punch Stuart Hogg in the face, and I, yeah. for one, I'm very excited. <laughs> <laughs> and like, not that I don't love Hoggy because I do, but the more he does this, the more it's going to get to the point where Duhan's just going to go. Ah! <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised he didn't do it the first time it happened. I, I'm surprised I know, he didn't do it the first he, time. He really just like he was going as well. Yeah, just hugging him down by his neck, punching him repeatedly. Don't do that, Hoggy. Don't do it, Hoggy. Just throw hot coffee in his face first and blind him. <laughs> <laughs> so why is Blair Kinghorn playing 15 in the Six Nations? Well, our first choice 15 get ended by our winger after a jump scare where he blinded him with coffee and then pummeled him to death with his bare South African hands. <laughs> We're also missing our first choice winger because he's in jail now. <laughs> Hoggy looks like he's been in Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> what well, after the mountain has, yeah. has done over it? <laughs> well, that's a visceral uh, look for obvious. Um, Viscerating look for obvious. Yeah, obviously the mesh thing. I'm, I'm, I'm playing a wee bit. Like I, I think Hamish Watson struggled for form. Um, I wanted to see that back row that we had at the weekend. I don't think necessarily the game itself. Um, allowed for that back row because I don't actually think I think Matt Ferguson was okay. I don't for all the well in the world, and I think Jamie Ritchie's getting all all the love for standing up for his wee mate. But I don't think Jamie Ritchie was very good at the weekend either. Uh, and I think the Scotland back row was if Argentina had kept fifteen in the park, I think the the Argentinian back row would have come out top in that that battle actually, which is concerning. Ian's pulling a face like he disagrees. Uh, no, it's more of a, a general agreement. Like I think over the autumn, I don't have the numbers to hand, but I thought we, I felt we got turned over a lot against the All Blacks, especially. Um, and there does seem to be a well, the same old isolation, lack of clear out things. Sometimes it's because Duhan and Darcy go on mad mental runs, which nobody can follow. Um, Duhan thinks he can bludgeon everyone. Darcy thinks he can scamper between their legs. I think Duhan uh, thinks he can go sideways past everyone just now that, as well. Which is like really create a sonic right boom there. and move everyone out of <laughs> the way. Um, but then uh, I think even Roy Lawson picked up on it, or uh, John Barkley is like, who do you blame there? Is it the person sort of running away from these support lines or people not reacting quick enough? Um, I'd say that maybe that's the only slight issue with the locks we're picking who aren't the most mobile. Um and again, without Watson, there is a sort of rock cleaner fetcher. That maybe another... it, that's how Xander got sent off against Wales mm. because everyone was so slow getting to the breakdown that he went firing in. What he should have done is just let the ball be lost. But that's going to happen to us a lot when we don't get rock support there quickly enough. So I'm just looking at Kevin Miller's stats, friend of, friend of the podcast, Kevin Miller, who does the On Top of the Moon uh, Glasgow Warrior stuff. Um, he's obviously as much into a spreadsheet as I am. Um, he, he's been looking at the penalty count over the, the Autumn Series and things. And so the, there was a 107 penalties conceded at Murrayfield between like the various teams playing. Uh, and of that, 49. So Scotland conceded 49 penalties in the four games. Now, I remember seeing after the All Blacks game, so Scotland conceded another 10 penalties at the weekend, um, but after the All Blacks games, so you're saying about 34 penalties. Of that 34, I believe 20 were ruck offences. 
breakdown offences. So, you know, like when you look at that, Scotland have been not great at the breakdown in this series. I think it's coming though. Just I think I think um, I don't know if it was Johnny or it was Ian that that, that that made the point, but it is coming through fairly clear that our back, our, our second row choices and sometimes our number six choices are are not the quickest in rocks. Um, and uh, you know, for example, Gilko's been regularly pinged for not rolling away in the in, in the rock, um, and and so the the mobility. Um, it's difficult to try and get someone who's between six and a half and seven foot tall, um, and and whatever hundred and eighty kilos or whatever they want to call themselves. Hundred and eighty kilos. Yeah. Um, you know, falling around. Godzilla's made his Scotland debut. Has he? Yeah, falling around. Oh, Godzilla! Um, Godzilla. Falling around the rock. Um, so it, it, is, it is difficult, but because the game is the rock speed is, we're constantly pushing for rock speed, and we're wanting them, we're wanting the ball back as quick as we can. But it's, I, I, I think um, we, what we are missing at the moment, um, and we used to do it, but it seems to. Be drifting away slightly as our as as our um, uh, our jackling prowesses seem to be being lost now. I don't know whether that is um, because we're we're being trained away from it, so that we're not get involving ourselves in the ruck, so we can be up and defending as quick as we can and cover the field. Um, because Jamie Ritchie, what you know, when he did jackle, he was very very good at it. Um, but he didn't jackal as much as a as as he used to. If I'm correct, I might be there might be a stat that totally blows me out of the water. But for on a visible look, watching the game, I agree. Well, he, 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 played, he played more like a <coughs> six playing seven than a seven playing seven. Yeah. I um, I think there's a there's a slight game planning issue to the the rock problem as well because I th- I think our centers in particular have kind of been in the last couple of years have been a bit like rock dodgers quite a lot and they <laughs> they you know they're the people who should be in position to secure the ball so if if Darcy or Duhan goes on a on a wild run you'd expect there to be a center there that could secure the ball and i don't think that any of our centers are scared of rocks i think they're probably being game planned because we're looking for such fast ball to get themselves set up ready for the next phase which is pointless if you're going to lose the ball in the breakdown before you get to that phase. Like it's something that probably needs to be looked at. And also, you got to, you know, like I'm, I'm sorry, but and, and this is, I'm going to say something negative about Duhan, and I don't like it, but um, there is the, if he if he runs sideways once, he, he did it three times, and 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 on my side of things, that is, you, there's chaos and there's just sheer. You know, disregard for for any type of game plan whatsoever. To run all the way sideways, you're taking away your other teammate's space. You're you're you're, you're you know, you may be looking for gaps, but the more you run sideways, the less gaps you're going to find. You know, with someone who's as big and as fast as as Duhan, just take the ball into contact, mate. You know, if there's if there's two boys there looking to defend, suck them in by take make you know battering into them. You know, and that's the that's where I, I struggle a little bit. You know. Ian, you want you wanted to come in on that? Yeah, I was going to say, like you know, like Craig was saying, all you're doing, you know, Duhan can topple over a man, meet himself ten, fifty meters, but instead he's just turning himself back into traffic and confuse, like 
creating the possibility of crossing and obstruction. Um, another thing, um, actually, I thought Fraser Brown played well at the weekend, but as uh, Hamish has commented there on Facebook, now, I didn't see Fraser Brown going over the ball, and that was something that he used to specifically be included in Scotland teams for, even playing as a back row, for example, in the like American tours. Or, uh, like Johnny was saying, you know, a centre there to clear out, Alex Dunbar used to be in there getting hands over ball all the time. Um, so, like, he didn't need Barkley or Watson to be going to go jackal. They, they could go and make tackles. They'd, like, scamper about, hit the person. And then Brown or, or Dunbar would be in straight over the top of it. So, so let's let's move away from the back row just now. We've actually touched on centres. Let's let's talk about the centres just now. Johnny <clears throat> Tupelo two and Harris at the weekend um, with Cameron Redpath coming off the bench. Um, there's obviously a lot. There's a lot of discussion in Scotland and beyond regarding that thirteen jersey in particular. But actually, I think both jerseys are up for debate. How do you think the Senators went at the weekend and who would you like to see in the 12 jersey come the, the Six Nations? I am very, very close to being on board with two Piloto. He, and, you know, what Ian said earlier is bang on. You know, having Finn in the team has given him a whole new lease of life. But actually, the two games before Finn, he had two really good games with those as well. I think he's put down four really, really solid performances at 12 and you know, it's not somebody who's played a lot. And he has been really, really good. Um, I think Harris is on slightly more of a sugly peg than he was before. He's he's not the test standard lion that he was 18 months ago, I don't think. I don't know why not. I don't I don't know what's changed, but he is still the defensive leader that we need. Um I'm I'm almost on to to Pelotu and, and Harris as our centres for the Six Nations. Uh, Cameron Brown was good when he came on this week, but I had a lot of problems with him in the Fiji game. I think he he believed his own hype because there were people before that Fiji game saying, "Oh, Cameron Path's what we what we've been waiting for. He's the one. He's the one." And he was, I think, pretty disappointing personally. I I would go a step further. I think Redpath done okay when he came on. However, I think Cam Redpath is similar to what we were saying in the stand uh, against Fiji, actually. I think Cam Redpath seems to think that he's <clears> four <throat> stone heavier. And I don't know what it is about, like, so he's he's obviously come into the Scotland team as a distributing, kicking option, able to play passes, second distributor, etc, etc. And that's how he, how he played against England in that game that we all remember, you know, He's come into the team and he seems to be desperate to crash ball up. And for me, is that a failure of coaching? Like, are they, has he been told to do that or is he taking that upon himself? Because he's not a crash ball 12 and never will be for all the will in the world. Um, he's not that type of 12. And that's in his, almost in his positive that he's not that 12. But he seems to be playing that well. So I, I was quite. I come into the series wanting Redpath to be very, very good. I'm now very much sitting here going, well, actually, Tupelotu and Sam Johnson play very similar rugby. I think that's the 12 Scotland need. One of them. I think it's absolutely bonkers that we didn't see any of Rory Hutchinson. That is, that's a, yeah, 
that's a massive, massive point well made. And um, yes, there's, ah, there's been it's, a... it's it's difficult though because if you look at if you look at Northampton Saints um, and you look at their Cammy Redpath playing at Bath, like Cammy Redpath ever since he moved from Sale to to Bath has been a revelation, and he has been a a, a very very good player up until he picked up his injury that then forced him out after the. Um, after the end of the, the, the Scotland-England game. Um, he, he was a far better player at Bath than he was anywhere else. And I think the uh, Hutchie has a beautiful gait on him. He's got he's, he's got a, a lovely pass on him. He, he, he comes on and, and breaks lines really, really well. The problem is that's within the, the Northampton Saints setup. Also, their defence isn't very good at Northampton Saints. Um, and so you know they are, they seem to be at a situation where when they want to when they want to play it's they play as a sort of we're going to win by scoring more tries than actually than you do. Um, and it's the same with Harlequins. So I I think you have to there's something about Hutchison that's not that's not um, lighting Tooney's fire. Now obviously <laughs> we can all sit here and go well. Tooney's really right about all of the things, isn't he? Because you know he's always quite obviously he's got his hand on he's got his finger on the pulse with that. But I think um, I'm I'm a bit I'm a bit still on the fence with Tupolotto. I think I was more convinced by Tupolotto um, on Saturday than I've than I've ever been. Um, but I still I still like Cami Redpath, and I think I would like so, to see so si- more. Six of them. Nations tomorrow, Craig. Six Nations kicks off tomorrow. Who do you put the twelve jersey? Well, currently, right now, because of game time, etc., and what we've seen, I think it's going to be Tuopolotto that's going to start. But who would you want in the twelve jersey? I would like to. I would like to see more creative play. So I would like to see um, Redpath brought in a little bit more. But then, Fresh then I would. Of, of, of the four centre options, who do you think is the heaviest? Chris Harris, yeah. potentially. Chris Harris. Uh, sorry, Chris, of, the four, of the four 12 options. Oh, the four 12 options. So, uh, two, 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 Redpath, Johnson, Hutchinson. Who do you think is the heaviest? Uh, you would imagine Johnson, wouldn't you? I'm going Johnson's Johnson. heaviest. That is Sammy J is uh, 10 kilos heavier than two Pilotto and 20 kilos heavier. I mean, two Pilotto's a pretty stocky little gent as well, is it? isn't he? So that, yeah. that's surprising. But S- Sammy J is a wee bit taller, I think. And also... A very little bit, yeah. Yeah, and um, I don't know if you saw the Warriors picture of them like on the pitch together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Sammy G's kicking about just a you know just a sleeveless best, number. Best best short. Best shorts, mate. Yeah. Two bottles kitted up like an Arctic warrior. Um, <laughs> so the other the other centre position, Ian, obviously Chris Harris has come in for a lot of flack over the weekend. Again, seems to be most most fans most we we know fans have their opinions on these things. It seems to be a bit of a a stopper in the Scotland attack. Let's let's call it that. Um, there was one moment in the the, the game at the weekend where uh, I mean, almost butchering a three on one. Darcy Graham, he owed him a pint after that for sure because Darcy Graham has rescued him from that one. So if 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 Har- do you think Harris is still the the choice? And if not, who? The thing with Harris is. It's the defence quality. Now, it's like against the All Blacks, like the first time I watched, obviously, you know, I had to bolt at half time and go to work. But I remember in the first half thinking, he's not touched the ball 
an attack. He, he never, I don't think, at any stage did he get involved in an attack. Chris Harris against the All Blacks. Um, but then you watch it back and you, you know, obviously they'd scored two tries pretty quickly, but after that, he was getting into those channels and he's just a nuisance to play against. Yeah. And John, um, you and I were saying during the Fiji, the Fiji game, game yep. how Master much plus. messier that would have been if Chris Harris hadn't been there because he was up like a shot in the 13 channel and drifting everyone back inside. Like there, there's no way that that Fiji attack was getting past him ever. No. The yeah. problem that they had was that he was, he was he was driving attackers back inside where they were hitting contact and then making five or six metres and then he was having to come back round to defend <laughs> to the game line again. again. But, he, but he shut down every single, like the speed he came up with was incredible. And I don't know, I've not watched it back in the Fiji game, so I don't know how much of it you saw on the TV. I've, I have, and you're absolutely... The speed that he was yeah. coming up in the outside channel was unbelievable. Yeah. There's a section in like, that, that first half that we picked out, and I've mentioned it a couple of times in the pod, that there's three three consecutive situations where he has come out the line, stepped in, blocked the channel, pushed him back inside. Repeat, repeat. And it's, it's a masterclass in defence. And there's nobody that's doing that. Nobody else is going to do that for Scotland. Mark, Mark Bennett, Ian? Um, I'm not getting enough defender, but without that same reading, obviously, better in attack. We all know what Mark Bennett's like, best thing is the fact that he can, you know, he, he can jump past people in a phone box. Yeah. Um, and I love Mark Bennett, but then it's, it's, it's all about balance, isn't it? You know, so do, do you take out? Chris Harris and then put in Jones or Bennett who we know are lethal runners but then they are not going to be able to shut down counter-attacks the way he can So with the with the view that we're not getting out of Rugby World Cup group this time anyway would it would it be advisable to just go out and enjoy ourselves and actually have Hugh Jones in the 13 shirt? Nah, we can beat <laughs> as long, We can beat one of them As long as we beat one of them, that's fine And you know I... who one of them, I mean yeah, well, you... I'd particularly prefer to beat Ireland, I think. I don't know. After today, I would be really inclined to want to beat South Africa. No, but, you know, well, I think we'll get on to Hans and Ruck, certain former will. Scotland coach. Oh, that was fabulous. Yeah, we will get on to that. We, we are fast approaching the hour now. So um, let's just wrap up the autumn quickly. We'll, we'll do a proper sort of in-depth look at it in due course. But, um, Johnny, two, two wins... Two wins out of four, a close defeat to, to Australia, obviously a circus around the Scottish team, but all's well that ends well, right? Um, the stuff that happened off the pitch gives me much more cause for concern than the results or the performances. Um, Australia was kind of what I expected. I thought it could have gone either way. Uh, on another day, we might have won that. The All Blacks' performance uh, was much better, I think, than anyone expected. The, the other, the other two, I was pleased to win the Argentina game because that that was a real banana skin. The Fiji one, as, as much as we didn't play well, was a bit of a formality. Um, whatever is happening in the camp needs to be sorted, and it needs to be sorted quickly because way too many headlines for the last month were not about the games, and that's a problem. Craig, what's your takeaway from the autumn? Uh, I, I can only echo Johnny, to be honest with you. Um, I think 
I think we're st- there's still question marks over some of the senior players, the players that have been there a long time. Um, I certainly, you know, um, there's certainly players there that, you know, um, that have had a difficult autumn nations. There's also players that have come back into the squad that you may have written off, um, have had fantastic um, a fantastic Autumn Nations as well. So take about um, Richie Gray and uh, Fraser Brown, you know, the, the really, really fantastic games. Um, Finn Russell's been... But <laughs> the problem I have, uh, you know, when everyone's turning around and going, see, Finn Russell should have been there all the time. Now, I totally agree. I, I, I think he's been absolutely majestic for the last two games and he and he helped Scotland win those games. And cre- in fact, he was the linchpin. But he hasn't been given the full four games. And as we know with Finn, sometimes he can have a quiet game. And so, we, you know, to, to really put doubts away from everybody's minds, he needs a, a run of four games to go, actually, look at me, I, I can run this completely and utterly and 100%. Now, I'm not a doubter, I think he can, but, uh, you know, there, there, is that, there is that out there. Um, but I think the big the big look back about, about the Open Nations now is uh, the SRU's communication process and and how they how they manage both the the the, the lead coach um, and the players and their own self as well. Ian, you get any any more to add to that? Um, not well, maybe a couple of things. Um, no, it was very. It's one of them. It could have been, it should have been better. It could have been better. Uh, you know, spanking Argentina is has put a nice gloss on it. Um, particularly you know, seeing us how close we ran them in the three test series over the summer. Um, but again, too much drama. Uh, I thought once he stopped moaning about people moaning about his haircut, I thought Stuart Hogg looked back to being <laughs> in pretty good form. Um, uh, Darcy Graham is just phenomenal. Phenomenal. We've not even talked uh, about Darcy. Yeah, I think yeah, last week I said, so, like, I looked at the stats and I was like, look, man, he's going to end up becoming the, the top of the hoik, if yeah. not at least the top of Scotland's, at least top of hoik, if not top Scotland's top try scorer. Um, and I think Jimmy Lee said the start of the weekend, 12 tries in nine games across all competitions. 170 metres made at the weekend. Yeah, it's obscene. I mean, 12 tries in eight games. What is it? It's like he's Will Jordan in Super Rugby. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, again, I mean, this is one of these guys that once he lends a wee bit more tacticalness, he's still only 25. Yes, but he's, he's going to be, he's already lethal. He's going to just be bloody terrifying. Um, so I think there's a lot of positive takes from the backline stuff. Um, and I, I think the pack did all right. You know, I don't think we, we didn't get hammered in any scrums. Uh, the line out was a bit shaky first game or two, wasn't it? But yeah, you no. Know, once you get well, that was the thing we bring in Richie Gray back uh, was to sort that mess out. Um, I nearly said a swear. <laughs> uh, We're almost there, Ian. We're fast approaching Patreon. Otherwise, it's a sort of B minus C kind of report card. We wanted two out of four. It could have been better. There's certain positives, but it's the same old things with the negatives. 
I'm I'm not going to repeat what you guys have said because I actually agree completely with absolutely everything that's been being said. I I'll, I'll, I'm believe it or not going to finish on the positive, but also slightly a negative. Um, my my takeaway from the autumn, the Shabon Cat contribute on the eighth minute. Um, again, massive work from Alan McDonald and also, also Ian Wallace getting involved in it as well, really promoting this across. Uh, across all the channels that they've got access to, and you know, again at the weekend, there was there was a lot of people up and uh, up and clapping. Um, a little bit um, unfortunate that Scotland were attacking at the time, so it was kind of usurped a wee bit by that. But that was inevitably going to happen over the autumn. But for me, it was really disappointing, and that we've got that set that you know that. Protest that's been going protest. We'll call it what it is. It is. It's a stand up. It's a memory for for Shabon, but also it is a commentary on the reaction of the SRU to it. Um, we've got, you know, there was lots of people in the crowd around me saying at the time we've got, you know, a memorial at the start of the game. I'm, I'm in it silence for, uh, for for former team team doctor. But we're also, but you know, the difference is that's. <coughs> Uh, a white, a white male, a white old guy, um, and it was, it was quite, it was, it was quite a juxtaposition for me. So, um, but I think you know, there's a lot of work still to be done with the Shabon Catkin stuff. I think the guys are really keen for it to continue in the Six Nations. So watch a space with it. Um, to finish on the absolute positive before we go into our Patreon, uh, brilliant from Anna. You're absolutely right. At least you didn't get hammered by the All Blacks. Then lose to Georgia. Some perspective, please, lads. Oh, I have been so kind to Wales this week. I have not even touched that because do you know what? It's like, you know what? You know, like when it's not even sport anymore. When it's not even worth your while, like railing people anymore, it's like you're, you're literally poking desperate, desolate people. I mean, that's even worse. I, it's like pity. It's like, it's, I've got to hold my hands up and say, uh, I have been quite you, unkind you to Wales. You chose violence specifically, quite, quite unkind to Anna about, about <laughs> her, her, like, last couple of weeks. I can't believe I just described what uh, uh, it being a pity poke. That's not. That's not acceptable. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, at least we're not Wales, eh, guys? Um, yeah, so um, they've got a lot of work to do as well. But uh, yeah, for now, we're going to move over to Patreon. Obviously, if you're a Patreon, please hang about with us. We are going to cut loose and uh, get ready to set this world to rights. But for now, it is goodbye from me and goodbye from Ian, Johnny and Craig. Cheerio, bye. Bye. bye.